Hey guys, uh, welcome back to our second preseason episode. Uh, today we're gonna go and do a little go through the player prices and uh, talk about who we think is gonna bring good average uh, points per game to us this season. All right, and before we get started, make sure if you haven't already join our league code. The code will be J45Y1L. So make sure to join up, guys. All right, so um, starting with uh, the goalkeepers, all right, there's only three goalkeepers at 5.5 million, being Allison, Ederson, and Loris. Um, what do you think about this, Kazi? Um, I I never usually like to shop for my keepers at this price point, but um, if I was to compare the three, I think Ederson is my favorite. I think the thing with Allison is, well, he is obviously a great pick as well. It's just that he takes up a Liverpool slot, and I think that's a little bit more valuable than a City slot because uh, obviously um, there's less rotation with the Liverpool guys. So Trent, Robo, Salah, Luis Diaz, like these. These are all guys I would prefer before I wanted Allison in my team. So I think for that reason, I don't. I would stray away from him. But uh, if you're happy with just having, say, Trent or Salah, then Allison could be a great pick too. Um, Lloris, I, I just I don't trust Tottenham's defense the way I trust Liverpool or Man City's at this point. I mean, I'm sure that he could have a great season. They could have a good season. But, I mean, he's going to have to prove it to me first. And then that leaves Ederson, who I think um, is just – I, again, I wouldn't spend my money in, in a keeper like this personally, but um, he's a good, reliable option in that City defense every single week. He's going to get the clean sheets. Whatever City's defensive output is, he's going to be rewarded for it. And in that Man City team, in that Pep Guardiola Man City team, there's very few players that you could say are nailed down every week. So for that, I'd say for me, Ederson would be my preference. Yeah, I agree. I think out of these three, definitely Ederson is a probably the most favorable option but um and like you said i don't think many people are shopping uh big on the keepers so let's go into the five million category where i think there's a few viable options um such as aaron ramsdale uh, a very popular choice last season we have martinez mendy is a big one and currently the most owned I think definitely people have a lot of faith in the Chelsea defense and um, and therefore they're going for Mendy. Since I think similarly to City, there's a lot of rotation. People don't know uh, <laughs> who's going to play and when, how much they're going to play. So um, I definitely see Mendy. Obviously, no, Mendy is going to be nailed in the team. So uh, he, I mean, assuming that Chelsea play five at the back, he's obviously a great option. Um, there, the question with Mendy is do you double up if you go for one of the Chelsea defenders do you double up on the Chelsea defense that's one question to consider but uh, there's a few more here I mean Michael De Gea and Newcastle's new signing Pope yes definitely I, I also I'm, I'm more interested in this 5 million category although still I think I likely end up with a 4.5 keeper but between the five millions, I, I like a lot what you have to say about Mendy. I think he definitely is the standout in terms of um, defensive teams. I think Chelsea will likely keep the most clean cheese out of all these five million teams, and I don't think that's really in the question. I think it 
it kind of comes down to how many save points he's getting, whether he's getting six points every week or whether he can get some more than the, from that. Because uh, you could almost say that the Chelsea defense might be a bit too solid. You know, <laughs> he might uh, take away opportunity for him to get some uh, some save points here and there. And um, I, I like Mendy otherwise. I think just uh, I would keep an eye on, similar to Liverpool, I would keep an eye on f- taking up that Chelsea spot because I know some people might want Reese James, Chilwell, there might be some interest in Sterling, Havertz, Mount. So if you, if you know that you're comfortable just having uh, maybe a double Chelsea defense or triple defense and you're not interested in those forwards, then maybe Mendy could be a great pick. But uh, to, to be honest, for me personally, my favorite pick in the five millions is Nick Pope. I think he's just he's just a tremendous shot stopper. Great, great, uh, great for save points, great for FPL. And I think this Newcastle team is definitely on the way up. So I expect some clean sheets as well as a lot of save points, a lot of bonus points, a lot of uh, a lot of good FPL points for you. And I think that's what matters at the end of the day because you can see they had the same amount of points last season, Mendy and Pope at 130. But um, obviously um, they played for very different teams. Like Nick Pope played for a team that got relegated and, uh, and Mendy played for a team that finished top three. So it's more than just a good defense when it comes to FPL. And uh, I think Nick Pope is the guy I'm most interested in. You could also make a case for Jose Saab, but I don't know how I trust uh, Wolves' defense this season. They were kind of up and uh, up and down the last uh, year or two. And I would say the same for Schmeichel. I just I, I would need to regain my trust in that Leicester defense. Same with David De Gea, another guy at 5 million that I would need to like retrust. So I think for me, the standouts are either Mendy or Pope at this price range for me. You've uh, definitely opened my eyes on Pope a little bit. Good. <laughs> but you, you said 4.5. You're looking at 4.5. So who are the 4.5s that stand out to you? Right. And I think maybe it's a bit irresponsible of me, but I kind of just defaulted to 4.5s. I, I knew at the start of the season, that's what I do pretty much every year. And I, I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going with a more expensive keeper, but I think 4.5s, you tend to find some gems in there and some real value, and it really leaves you opportunities to spend more in your midfield, defense, and attack. And I think that's where a lot of variance in points can exist. So for me, when I look at the 4.5s, I uh, I really don't trust Pickford. I don't trust Everton. They've been horrible, <laughs> to be honest, uh, all of last year. I just I don't know what direction they're headed in, but it doesn't look like a good one. Uh, I feel similarly about Melier. I, I, I have no faith in that Leeds team at this moment. So for me, um, when I think about my favorite keepers at this price range, I think about Raya, I think about Gaeta, and I think about uh, Robert Sanchez. And out of the, the three, I think my favorite is definitely Sanchez. I think Brighton have been a consistently decent defensive team every single year, and I don't see any reason why that would slow down. I think they're, they might lose Cucurella, I'm sure... That could be a factor, but I'm sure they'll find a replacement. And I just trust the, the Brighton's defensive principles. I like their I like their coach, and I, I think Sanchez is a great keeper as well. So, for me, I'm uh, my favorite at this price point is Robert Sanchez, and he'll probably be in my team heading into game week one. I mean, that's a fair analysis. Let's say um, the only other four point five mention I will add to your group of four point five keepers for me, is Dean Henderson. I, I like um, that shout. I like that too. Just, I kind of forgot about him. <laughs> going back to what you said about 
sometimes, you know, comparing Mendy and Pope last season, one was a relegation team. Dean Henderson is also a great shot stopper, in my opinion. Um, mm. And I think Nottingham are actually making quite impressive signings. So if you are going for a 4.5 keeper, this is one guy I would like to consider as well. I don't hate that pick. I don't hate it. I kind of uh, forgot to mention him, if I'm going to be honest with you. And I think he, I agree with you. He is, he is a great shot stopper. He has proved, proved himself in the Premier League a little bit more than some of these other players. And I, I like that. I like Nottingham signings as well. I think they're out of the three promoted teams. I have the most trust in them to keep some clean sheets. Definitely. All right. All right. Should we go into the defenders then? Let's do it. A lot here of great find, options here at the top. Here, here we find out who's uh, who, where people shop. Yeah, where they put their money. Yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, drafts this season from fr- friends and whatnot, and I've seen a lot of heavy defensive teams. So it really feels like that is the popular pick at this point to go heavy at the back. Um, and I guess it all starts with the, the most expensive player, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Do you think he justifies that $7.5 million price point? No. No. But. Okay. But. Because, like. I, 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 would, I would rather have Robertson. I don't. Okay, I take that back. You have to have him because he's also so highly owned. Yes, he is 54% on, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't think he's going to get the points to back it up. No, no, actually, I completely, I went, I lost it. I definitely <laughs> think it's worth it. Okay. For one reason and one reason only. Robertson is not nailed 90 minutes anymore. Five subs changes everything. True. That is going to be, that is something that I guess isn't being talked about too much, but you could see a lot of players take missing on some playtime. On some play time. And then at the seven million, you have Joao Cancelo. So, I mean, I wouldn't even consider Van Dyke and Matip. I don't think they're worth the six point five and six million. But Alexander seven point five, I think, is a must-have. I think it's an investment that, like, unless he gets injured for some reason, I think he's a must-have even for his price tag. Yeah, I can. I agree. Trent was very easily in my team this season. I think. One point that you brought up that I think is quite important is this season Van Dyke and Matip do seem like risky options, maybe. Because uh, I, I think Kunate will definitely make a case for getting that starting role this year. He'll definitely be uh, knocking on the door. And I think another thing you brought up that there's going to be five subs and there's going to be a lot of rotation, I think, in the centre-back positions that hasn't been there in, in the past. So I'm not so confident on Matip. And for $6 million for a guy who you're not 100% sure will start every game, I don't think it's great. Van Dyke again at 6.5 will likely start nearly every game, but you never know. He might get a rest here and there. He's getting a little older. So I think it definitely leaves you with Robertson and Trent. I think they're both great options. I think Trent Alexander does seem to be in a league of his own at times when it comes to defensive players. He's had over 200 points in two of the last three seasons. So that tells you what all you need to know sometimes. He, he regularly gets doubled into the assists and a few goals. And that Liverpool defense is, is, is a great defense. It's formidable for sure. I think the most interesting thing to consider in this price point is that Cancelo and Robertson both share that 7 million price tag. So 
out of the two, if you had to choose one, which one, which one would you lean towards? Easy, Cancelo. Cancelo is something else. I mean, I mean that's that's a no-brainer for, in my opinion. I think you have to go Cancelo. He's just incredible. He's so creative. He's so incredible going forward and defensively. I think City are also probably more likely to keep clean sheets throughout the season. And I think Cancelo will also score more and get more assists throughout the season. So I think for me, it's easy to go Cancelo over Robertson any day of the week. Very interesting that you say that. Very interesting that you say that. Um, I think it's a lot closer for me. I understand that Cancelo had a better year last year. Uh, he he only, did hit the, Sorry. I will add one thing. Okay. I will add one thing. Uh, the only um, sort of benefit high risk benefit that you can get from having Robo is that he's 10% owned. So he's way less owned than Cancelo and Alexander Arnold. So on the, I mean, on the off chance that he does do better over the long term, then you, you gain those points on a lot of people, but otherwise like, I don't think that will be the case. So I would go with Cancelo and Trent, but that would be the only high risk benefit of having Robo. Fair. That's valid. Cancelo kind of broke the pep curse last season and ended up playing pretty much every single game and pretty much all the minutes. So he's just, he's world class. He's world class. Definitely was an anomaly. I mean, he can be world class. Kevin De Bruyne is world class. But it's Raheem Sterling is well. A lot of these players still aren't guaranteed minutes in that Pep Guardiola team. So um, I think Cancelo definitely broke some sort of curse. Do I guarantee that he's going to do it again? I I, I wouldn't be so sure. I yeah, um, I, I guarantee it. Okay, I mean it, it's definitely possible, and he definitely had a stellar season. Don't get me wrong; like he was definitely he, one of the best players in the Premier League last year. Exactly. Like if he can, if he continues to be in that form, he'll play it every game, every time. Mm. I mean, I think, there's definitely games where he'll be rested, maybe not with the five subs, but like, right. Unless the game is absolutely like, but even then, this guy has the stamina, bro. He's like in, he's like Conte. He runs for days. So True. I think he's he's extremely nailed. If if Walker's playing, he'll be on the left. If Cucurella comes to City. Then he'll play on the right. So I'm not stressed about it. I, I, I can agree with you. I think he's definitely a favorite of Pep's. And I think he's definitely one of the most creative players at that position. So I would nail him down for another 200-point season. I think it's it's very likely that he can replicate what he did last year. But um, that doesn't... And on top of that, he also can play both sides, as you mentioned. So that does give you some more flexibility. I still wouldn't discount Robertson. I still think Robertson has a lot in his tank. He's still pretty much in his prime. He's had three seasons in the last four where he has double-digit assists. And that I think, it honestly, going forward, they have very similar potential. I think a lot of, especially because Robertson gets to take a lot of uh, set pieces in this Liverpool team that originally were used to be taken by Trent. Now they kind of share that responsibility. So I think a lot of it comes down to which defense you back more to keep more clean sheets this year. So if it's, if it really, if it is city that I think can tell would be the better pick. I, otherwise I, I can reference see a case for Robertson too. Fair, fair, fair. All right, let's move on to the next price point, which is just a little bit lower. 
you can skip Van Dyke as we mentioned him and go to the six millions. And here again, Matip, another guy we've already talked about. But uh, here we have some more uh, City defense. We have Laporte and Diaz. And we also have uh, the Chelsea defenders when we have uh, Reese James and Chilwell. And out of this bunch, who, uh, who do you fancy? To be honest, the only name shouting out to me is Reese James. I mean, Chilwell is a great option too. Um, but I think it'll maybe take him a bit to get into it. So for me, Reese James is also more nailed in that team. So. I mean, we've said it before, Reese James has great potential going forward and defensively. We've talked about how solid this Chelsea defense can be. So I think six million is great value for Reese James. I wouldn't be surprised if next year he becomes a 6.5 or a 7 million defender. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I feel the same way. I think Reese James is definitely the play if you are looking for a Chelsea defender. I think Chilwell could also be great, but I also do keep in mind that he was injured for pretty much all of last year. So it might take him a little bit of time to really gain back the complete trust and the ability to play 90 minutes every game. And, you know, Alonso is no, no scrub as a backup. So I would be a little nervous for Chilwell for some rotation. Reese James, I'm pretty much nailed down, especially with Aspilicuelta likely leaving. I don't know if he's left already, but I think Reese James is the nailed down right back. He's, he's younger. He's, he's playing every single every single week and also just his attacking threat is I think a little bit better too I think based on what I saw last year so I think Reece James is the best player at the six million price point but especially over Chilwell but then the, the guys who do interest me are Diaz and Laporte and um, I definitely think Diaz is the more nailed out of the two it was always the combination of Diaz and Laporte to Diaz and Stones last year and Diaz has shown it uh, as well as Cancelo that he's pretty much every week kind of guy and uh, he also has some good goal threat. What do you think about Ruben Diaz? Um, great players. Not too bad in price, I think. I think if he were 5.5, I would definitely consider him. But uh, in my opinion, I just... I'm investing on fullbacks. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I want totally to... get that. So, I mean, that being said, there's very... I can't... I can only invest so much into a defense. So I'm, I'm sort of staying away from the anything five and above. I'm staying away from center backs. Mm. And, um, and then if when I get to the budget defenders, then there's maybe I would consider a center back, not that I have one. Um, but, uh, yeah, for me, I'm just kind of thinking I want to go for the fullbacks. I think these three – defenders are going to be the three highest scoring defenders this year. Reese James, Trent, and Cancelo. I, I, don't, I can't tell you who will be the highest second and third, but I do think those three will finish in the top three. So um, that's why I'm investing in those three for the course of the season and then just going budget. Okay. Since we're getting into a slightly more budget range, Let's let's loop together the the five and a half and the five million defenders. Let's let's throw them together and uh, let me get your opinions. Is anyone sticking out to you at this price range? I know a lot of people have been considering Perisic. Personally, I don't think he's nailed ninety minutes or starting. To be honest, at least not yet. So I'm staying away from Perisic for five point five. I think honestly, there aren't people are maybe considering Cucurella, but I just, I'd rather spend that money elsewhere. I just, maybe Walker. I mean, 
Walker is, is definitely a good option for five million if City don't sign another fullback. Okay. But other, other than that, I'm not really attracted by any five million defenders right now. Not even Tierney. Mm, fair enough. I I think um, for me the first uh, place I look is the Chelsea defenders. I look at the five and a half uh, center backs. But um, I think for the most part, I would prefer to just downgrade and go to Mendy at $5 million, or I would just upgrade and go to Reese James for $6 million. Plus, I like the Chelsea attack actually quite a lot this year, so I don't want to take up those spots with Koulibaly or Thiago Silva. Perisic, I feel very similarly to you. I think it's a bit too risky at this point. I do like some of the $5 million defenders, though. I, I like Kieran Tierney, and I, I like Gabriel, too. I think I, I rate Arsenal, to be honest, to start with a, a stronger defensive team this year. I think both Tierney and Gabriel could be great. Tierney, obviously, a lot of injury concerns. Gabriel, you're obviously missing some attacking output that you might desire. So I can see the concerns with both of them, but I think they're both valid options. And then on top of that, I really like uh, Luca Dean as well at Aston Villa. I think he's been in kind of a little bit of an FPL gem for years in the past. He's only 5 million this year. Um, obviously, Aston Villa have strengthened at the back with Diego Carlos. And obviously, Tyrone Mings is a great defender. If you ask me, Matty Cash is good too. Another 5 million option. So I think uh, between Dean and Cash, I prefer Luca Dean. I think if I, if I trust Aston Villa's defense, if I uh, see they have some nice fixtures, I think Luca Dean is my favorite at that price point. And um, yeah, I mean, Chelsea as well. Like you look at Saar and Chalobah, both listed at 5 million. If one of them nailed down a starting spot, or if Konate did it 5 million, or if Kyle Walker did it 5 million, or if Zinchenko did it 5 million. See, a lot of these players, like you want to see if they nail down those four starting spots first. And same with Cucurella too. Like if they do, then they become interesting. But to start my season, to start my draft, uh, I would go with the nailed guys for sure. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right, so that leaves us to, I think, what a lot of people might find more interesting is the four and a half million defenders, which are pretty much great enablers for uh, building the rest of your team. Oh, actually, yeah. wait, hold up. One thing we didn't talk about, the five million defense, what do you think about the Spurs center backs? How do you rate Spurs defense? Because at five million, it could be tempting to some people. I'd rather have Lurius. Yeah? <laughs> for five and a half? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think Dyer, for example, Romero, Longley, like you could argue some of them are pretty nailed. If I did trust Spurs defense, I think I would definitely consider them. But um ah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I do think Spurs will be more successful in terms of defense this year. So I wouldn't disregard them completely, but I'm not hopping on the Spurs train. Fair. So what about the four and a halves? Who piques your interest at that point? Okay, I have a couple names actually in mind, starting with Tommy Yasu. Mm. You have and Ben White. I mean, I'm pretty sure Tommy Yasu will be nailed. There is a little bit of risk there, but if he is nailed, I think he's a solid defender for four point five. And uh, even though his attacking game could improve for sure, but with time, then we have a local, Diogo Dello. 
I think he's going to be pretty nailed, to be honest, under Ten Hag. So he doesn't like Mambasaka, really. So I think Diego Delo is going to be pretty nailed into this team. And for 4.5, I mean, you have Maguire, Varane, and Luke Shaw, who are 5 million. I think for 4.5, um, Diogo Dello is going to give you way better value. I think the fact that you get an extra 0.5 to spend somewhere else is massive. So I would go for Diogo Dello. And then other names pop up, like Tarek Lamptey. But after that, not so many. I mean, you can look at some of the Leicester defenders, but like you said, I don't. I need to see it first. Yeah, that's super fair. I think Tomiyasu probably is the standout pick. I think he is pretty much nailed to start at the right back position. And I agree, his attacking output isn't the greatest. And I expect that normally he will be the one staying back to free kind of Kieran Tierney to go do a lot of the attacking stuff because he is definitely the more talented player there. Um, nevertheless, he's a starting center, a starting defender in uh, that Arsenal team who could be pretty good for 4.5. So you can't really go wrong there. He's very like stable, I would say. Um, with Leicester, I agree as well. I kind of want to see what they have first. And it's also just, they have a lot of quality fullbacks or players who can play in those positions. Like when you consider Castagna, Pereira, Justin. Uh, so like, I, I really need to see first who is starting in those positions, but there definitely could be value there. With 4.5, if Leicester do get their defense together this year, there there's definitely people, players to keep your eyes on, I would say. And then on top of that, um, obviously I... I I like Sanchez as a goalie, but if I didn't have him in goal, one guy I would keep my eye on is Lewis Dunk. He has pretty good attacking threat every single year, and that Brighton defense is very, uh, very consistent. So I think for 4.5, he's definitely someone I would consider. Um, outside of those guys, I I, I like the Dalot pick too. I think uh, I would be a little bit nervous about Ron Misaka because he is still like – he. He's still a quality player. I don't know. Maybe maybe Ton Hog will change his mind. I don't know. But uh, if if Dalo is nailed, especially to start the season, I, I I don't hate the pick. I like I like the pick quite a lot. Um, and then Lamptey, Lamptey is a player who's shown so many flashes of potential, and I think could be very dangerous as a pick if, if he um if he did get nailed down. But I also am worried since he spent the majority of last season uh in the in the medics room, I guess. So I want to see how many minutes he's getting. I want to see how consistently he's playing. If he's getting 40 minutes, 60 minutes, 70 minutes, or I just don't want to imagine he'll get anywhere close to 90 for the time being. So that's pretty much my thought on the 4.5 section. Anything else you want to add before we move on to the midfield? I think the only other player I'd like to mention is if Perisic is not starting at left wing back and could be a substitute and play more in the midfield slash forward role. Um, and Sessignol does become nailed or Reguillon. Um, but I think it'll be Sessignol, if anything. Uh, at 4.5, you're looking at a wing back from Spurs. So that's one name to point out. But um, if we go into the 4 million, there's two people I'd like to mention. One of them we did mention, I imagine, last time, if you're talking about Nico Williams. Yes, but I have another one. Okay, let's hear it. So, rumor has it that City are going after Cucurella. 
Mm. If that goes through, right, then you then you left wing back. And they've said that their target would become Brendan Williams. Interesting. So at four million for Brighton, he would be pretty much nailed, I think, into that team. Uh I think he's a great option if you're looking at the, if you're looking at Brighton as a as a realistic option. That is something I, I hadn't heard before. That is very interesting. Definitely something I'll be keeping my eyes on. Because uh four million for a nailed on Brighton defender, that's definitely something I'd want to be a part of. Yeah. All right. Thank you for sharing. We help each other here. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Yeah. So let, let's get started with the midfielders then. I mean, we'll start at the, I guess you can lump in the 13 and the 12s. That leaves us with uh, Mo Salah, Kevin De Bruyne, and Human Son. What do you like here and what do you not like here? This is difficult. This is very difficult. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, Salah, I, I don't feel right when I'm having Salah. Like, it doesn't feel right in my stomach. Like, he's so scary. Um, but that being said, I think Salah might not. Well, I don't know. Salah is really a wild card for me this year. I think Son, 12 million is a lot for Son. I think it's a lot. I'm not convinced on Son for 12 million right now. De Bruyne, I'd like to fit him in somewhere. I really would. But it's difficult. Right now, between those three, I'm putting my money on Salah. Also, just because he is the most highly owned out of those three by a pretty pretty large margin so just for the beginning i'd rather not risk it i do see myself however in the future maybe downgrading to well not really downgrading but going down to de bruyne or son uh, depending on how it how it is going just because i also i think de bruyne should be pretty nailed so i think it's it's a little scary not having someone from that city attack right now um but for me, Salah has just always been there, always been getting points. So it's hard to argue with Salah. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Salah is incredible. And I mean, I, I think the 13 million price point is quite justified. Like this guy's literally been getting like over 200, 250, like close. And he got that 300 point season. Like he's so consistent, like nobody else. And he's the best player in the Premier League, if you ask me. And quite easily. So he's still on penalty duties. He's still going to be the main guy at Liverpool. A lot of the offense will run through him. So it's really hard to argue against Salah. But I, I also do think if there is ever a season to uh, take a risk and go without Salah, I mean, I think this might be a good one. Only because there are so many great options in uh, in attacks such as Son, such as De Bruyne, such as Haaland, such as Kane, and they're all cheaper than Salah. So you could make a case to go without him, but I mean, do it at your own risk. Don't tell, don't fool me into it. <laughs> I had nothing to do with those decisions. Uh, Son, I really like out of these uh, these three as well, and I've actually been flirting with the idea of deciding between him and Kane. And I think the main reason for that is obviously he's not on pens the way Kane is. But also, Kane has consistently had a slow start to the season every single year, as long as I can remember. His August and September is never really hot, and Son doesn't seem to have that problem necessarily. So it is at 12 million, I think Son is priced about right 
And he, like you never know with, between him and Kane, Kane who would be the one going off. I really do trust Spurs to start the season strong. I do trust Spurs to have a great season to really compete for that in the, in the top three positions and um, our top four at least. So I like Son, I think a little more than Kevin De Bruyne. I think um, De Bruyne is also obviously a tremendous player. I think just when it comes to De Bruyne and talking about a city team, if you're going to spend that much money, I think I would just prefer going with Holland. I don't think either of them are necessarily going to have penalties. I don't, I, I'm like both of them are at at least some risk of rotation with Pep Guardiola. De Bruyne is probably maybe more guaranteed to be nailed, but I don't know. I prefer Son and I prefer Salah at that price point. Salah is just undeniably a good pick if you go with him. But if you don't go with him and you want to make your case for that, I, I think I'm willing to hear you out too. That's kind of my take on it. Yeah, I don't think you can really go wrong with anyone here, to be honest. But yeah. um, they are all great options. And if you want to save them well, to be fair, I would understand you wanting to save $1 million and then potentially getting Luis Diaz as a cover for Salah. But, um, but yeah, so... Let's go into the 10 million. There's two players here, Sterling Fernandez. Yeah, I, I look at this list and my every everything in my brain tells me Raheem Sterling. Like, I think obviously he was priced before the transfer to Chelsea. And I think, to be honest, that makes him a little bit underpriced for me because I think 10 million maybe is a good price if he's at risk of rotation in that City team, if he's the number one guy in that Chelsea offense. I mean, Bruno... Don't get it twisted. Great player. But um, he doesn't have the goal-scoring tenacity that Sterling does. He never has. Like, Sterling is a goal-scorer. He always has been. He can get get you 20 goals in a season. And I think I did really think he will flourish under this Chelsea system. So, for me, that's Sterling, and that's a pretty easy pick. How about you? I do agree with you. And for a lot of, with a lot of the things you said, I just, I'm leaning towards Bruno here. In my oh honestly, my <laughs> I think good. I think Ronaldo is not going to be a big. Is not might not be in the picture. I think Bruno goes back on penalties. That is a good point. I didn't think about that to be honest. Um, that could definitely help his goal tally, and his bonus and, points. And I think a lot of people are underestimating United. To be honest, I think of course, rightly so. But um. I do see Bruno sort of having, I I do see a big a, a sort of a reaction in this United team this year. I think Ten Hag is 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 a hard ass, and that's what we needed. So um, I'm really actually excited about some of the United prospects, um, and Bruno at 10 million. Also, keep in mind he's 3.6 percent owned. I think he's a huge differential this year. In fact, he's probably my favorite differential this year. And I could potentially, I mean, in a couple of weeks or so, go from Salah to Bruno because he's nailed. He will be nailed. So um, I really think Bruno is, is a great option. I guess we can agree to disagree then. Uh, I'm going to yeah. go. I, I'm still going to back my guy Sterling. And I guess one more point I want to make is I, I do agree Bruno's uh, ownership can be very enticing, but I mean, Sterling's not too highly owned either, only 7%. So if you are looking to afford someone in that 10 million price point, 
I, I will go with Sterling, but I can understand your, your views too. <laughs> I guess um, we can, we have a big category coming up, which is the 8 million midfielders. I think we should take a quick break and then we can get right back to it. All right. Uh, very quickly, before we get into the 8 million category, very quickly, Ahmed, 8.5 million. Jared Bowen, what do you think? Jared Bowen, right. He's he's kind of right in there with the 8 million guys, but um, I don't know. I think I prefer the 8 million players, to be honest. There's definitely uh, there's a lot to talk about in there. I think Bowen, he had a ridiculously good season last year. There's no denying that something I guess would be very hard to predict and I just I really struggle to see him doing it again and replicating it. I think it was amazing a great accomplishment I think he's a hell of a player but um I don't know defenses are going to be look keeping an eye on him this year you know people know what he's made of now he's going to have to deal with some some uh tighter defense some more man marking I and he might just fall short what he pulled off last year so I think I, I like a lot of the 8 million options more. I'm not a huge fan of Jared Bowen, but I can understand why someone would be. I mean, yeah, I also, I think the 8 million options are a lot, bring a lot better value compared to Jared Bowen. I think, I mean, respect on him for being the most, the player with the highest price increase from the last season, but I think he's completely overpriced and I don't see West Ham replicating this so for me, Jared Bowen wasn't easy. No. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, moving into the 8 million, the reason I was so dismissive with Jared Bowen is because there's a lot of players I like here at this 8 million price point. But uh, yeah. I, I think the one that sticks out to me most, not to be the best, but maybe the one who's least interesting to me, and I think for me, that's James Madison. I think he's definitely had some great, great spurts at different times. I think at 8 million, he's a little bit overpriced, and I don't think he competes with the rest of the players on this list. How do you feel about that? I completely agree. I think he's great. I think, you know, when you get him in at the right times, he's always returned. But I think when you look at the other options at 8 million, you he doesn't seem uh, viable. He doesn't, I don't think, I don't see him bringing me long term value. Um, if he were 7, 7.5, then potentially I would have him in my team, but not at 8 million. I mean, at 8 million, there's only one name, to be honest. Well, actually, two uh, that names that stand out to me, and that's Luis Diaz. I think for 8 million, he's going to, he's ridiculous, like ridiculously cheap. And then you have, uh, well, no, you have Foden and Kulusevsky as well. I really like Foden at 8 million, more than Mares. And I think Kulusevsky is also a great shout for 8 million. However, I mean, with the players that Spurs are bringing in, I do feel fear that Kuluzewski will be maybe rotated a little bit more, but I do think he's going to bring a lot of points to the team, so I would definitely look at him. Valid. I think um, the 8 million price points, one of my favorite price points in the FPL, I think, uh, if not my favorite, I think Kulisevsky is a player that is really interesting to me. There is some rumor, some uncertainty about whether it will be him or Richarlison starting, if both of them could start together. 
I really think Richarlison will be more of a rotational player with Kane and Son, and Kulosevsky will start week in, week out. And at that price, I think it's very enticing. But, I, I mean, he, he was so great in this first team last year. He was such a creative influence. He was such a, he was a good goal scorer too. And at 8 million, I really think that is a great alternative to Son or Kane if you didn't want to squeeze them in. I would just be a little uncertain about that Richarlison situation. But um, okay, I think so, for the most but, part, he's pretty safe. Okay, I, I, he's definitely going to start. I mean, as long as form continues, but he's definitely a starter. But, I mean, when he came in, he was, I mean, getting a goal or assist almost every single game. Sort of like Son. I mean, he maybe didn't do better than Son, but similar numbers than Son, you know. So mm-hmm. if you have Kuluzeski, do you think like for four million cheaper, don't you think that's way better than having Son or even Harry Kane potentially? Again, I, I would have to know for certain. First, I mean, I, I agree he likely will start. How many minutes is he getting? That's another thing to keep an eye on. I think Kane and Son are two players who very regularly get close to 90, if not 90 minutes. Maybe Richarlison will finally give them some sort of break. But uh, Kulisevsky, I, I, need, I need to see how Spurs line up. That's the one thing I really want to see. I want to see how, how they're playing this season. And uh, again, I, like I said, he is very enticing. Definitely someone on my watch list. But the reason why maybe he was one of my lesser favorite options at this position is more mostly to do with certainty. And like... Um, some of the other 8 million options, like when we talk about Saka and Mount and uh, even Luis Diaz, I think, to start the season, I think just having that certainty as well as their great potential is what entices me a little more. And um, I mean, similar to Kulosevsky, I think I have a similar issue with Mahrez and Foden. I think either of these guys could have 11, 12 million value if they were guaranteed to start every week. But um, I just haven't, I just can't guarantee it. You never know with Pep. You have those two guys, you have Grealish competing for the spots. Uh, it's only two of the three that can start. If you ask me, maybe Foden plays in the eight, which is something that's been floated around, but then he's still competing with Bernardo Silva, Gundogan, etc. I, I have to see what's going on with those guys. I like the nailed options when it comes to this price point. And that for me, that's Luis Diaz, Mason Mount, and uh, Bukayo Saka. Luis Diaz, I think yeah. is, he is obviously also a rotation risk with Liverpool's great options. But I think at the start of the season, with Shota's, who seems to be out, I think it will be Luis Diaz starting the majority of those games at the left wing, replacing Sadio Mane. So I think at the moment, he is my favorite. Uh, if we're talking in the grand scheme of the season, I think Saka playing every single game for Arsenal, he's, if you ask me, easily their best player. He's their creative influence. He's a goal scorer. He does, he does everything for that team. I think he'll be heavy on bonus points. I think he's someone who will be on my watch list every single week this season. And Mason Mount, um, he's also pretty much going to start every game for Chelsea, which isn't that easy to say. And he's he's improving every season. He just keeps getting better. He he gets better goal scoring abilities. He's better on the ball. He's more central to their role. I think I think he could be a very dangerous option too. And maybe maybe I think the the thing that holds me back with Mount, I think he feels a little bit boring sometimes. I think he you you the Mount you get this sense of safety where you kind of know who he is. And you kind of know he's kind of like consistent, but he gets the points over the scheme of a season. He's been getting very good points ever since he's come into that Chelsea team. So I think those are my favorite options when it comes to the 8 million. I really like what you said about Mason Mount. 
I think that's a great explanation for Mason Mount. I've never actually been able to put the words the way you just put it, but um, I do love Mason Mount as an option. My only, the only reason I'm staying, and honestly, you've been talking a lot about the 8 million category and how much you like it. I love the 8 million category. Honestly, I would almost have all of these 8 million category players. Like I'm trying to, I, I, I see myself once, because I feel the same as you, like very similarly, once we know who's nailed and who's really going to play 80 minutes at minimum a game, whether it's Foden, whether it's Mason Mount, whether it's Kulusevsky, then they're definitely, they could definitely be worth 10, 11 million. So when that happens, I can totally see myself just going for like a stacked two or three, 8 million midfielders in my team. But I do want to say one thing about Saka. I think he's overpriced. Interesting. Okay. Why is that? It's an unpopular opinion. But when you have Martin Odegaard at 6.5, I'm not even looking at Saka. Oh, that is an unpopular opinion. I mean, Saka had 20 goal contributions last year, 179 points. He is still very young. And I think he's the heartbeat of that Arsenal team. So yeah, he's very much there, like their Kevin De Bruyne, I guess you could say. Like he's not going anywhere. He's go- he's the one player I know is playing ninety minutes every single week. And yeah, it depends how much. I think wrong. if you if you believe in Arsenal, I think you believe in Saka. I mean, it- I do, I do, I do believe in Arsenal. I do, mm-hmm. but I think when you have Jesus at eight and Martinelli at six point five. They are way better value than Bukayo Saka. And I think also, I mean, last year, don't get me wrong, he had an insane season. But he also he stepped up when Arsenal needed him to, but he also stepped up because they didn't they Lacazette wasn't doing it, Aubameyang wasn't doing it, and Ketia came in very, very late. So he mm-hmm. stepped up when he had to. But now when you have Jesus, he's gonna be Arsenal's primary threat. Martin Odegaard is an insanely creative player. He's also young and only improving by the day. Um, like, I don't know how to fit Martin Odegaard into my team right now, but if I could, I would. Um, I think because of these two options, Saka becomes overpriced, in my opinion. That, that's honestly a really good point. Jesus is someone who's becoming more and more undeniable by the day. You keep seeing what he's doing in the preseason, and it's very exciting. <laughs> And uh, Martinelli's another guy who, if only I knew, if only I could guarantee his minutes, he would be in my team instantly. I just, I know they also have Emil Smith-Rowe who will be competing for his spot. And obviously the likes of Odegaard who we mentioned. So Martinelli, I'm a little bit nervous, but he, you're right. At six and a half million, he could be much better value. I, I would agree with you than Saka. Jesus is definitely, we'll talk about, someone we'll talk about very soon. So I see your points, your points are taken. And uh, I think that leaves me with, uh, I think what I would have said before this episode is that I think Luis Diaz is the best option, at least for the time being. For the time uh, being, I couldn't agree any more. Yeah. But then again, like, if you get, if you get a punt right with Mahrez or Foden, I could be fucking looking really dumb in like three weeks time, so. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. if you think you can read Pep's mind and you know who's starting, who's his favorite, who's going to play the games. Foden played more games last year. I think Mars played like started like 16, 17. For Foden started like 24. Will he keep that up or will the roles change now that Sterling's gone? I don't know. 
up to, uh, I think it's up to your own interpretation. But uh, I think Luis Diaz is the safest between him and Saka and Mount. And I think the most upside I see is for Luis Diaz. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So let's move into the 7.57. Uh, I know you and I, I mean, there's Jaden Sancho at 7.5, who's definitely nailed down in this team. So I definitely consider Jaden Sancho. I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but Philip Coutinho, I mean, we were definitely more attracted to him earlier, but at 7 million, Philip Coutinho, he's a shout, potential differential. I mean, he's actually... 19.2% owned, which is pretty high. But um, then you have the likes of Harvey Barnes, Jack Grealish, Bernardo, Zaha. But does anyone from here really shout your name, call your name? I mean, for me, contrary to the 8 million category, this is a snoozer. Like, if I, when I look through this list of names, every single one of these guys, I'm like, no, I'll either, I'd rather just find no. the money and get an eight mil guy because i mean let me, i'll read off the names from seven million upwards bernardo silva not never been an option not really an attacking like player anymore uh grealish no no guarantee for minutes i would very much like be surprised if he was starting every single week despite the price tag harvey barnes i need to see a lot more from leicester before i trust someone like that zaha every single season i hate this guy on fbl not my not someone for me uh, Sancho and uh, is like maybe the most interesting to me, but again, like I I really need United to show me something at this point. But if they did, I think he would be the most interesting because he is very nailed at seven point five for a player who was doing what he was doing over in the Bundesliga. Obviously enticing. So if anyone, I would say him. But still, I I would spend that extra point five million. Uh, Gundogan, ah, no, nah, there's no guarantee for minutes. Coutinho, 7 million, someone I definitely thought about in the past, but um, I don't know how much I trust Aston Villa's offense. I just don't know how involved he's going to be considering how much other talent they might have in those areas. When you consider Bailey, Bendia, Watkins, Danny Ings, like I just don't know if Coutinho will be that central figure that he has been in the past. And um, yeah, that's pretty much sums up that whole price point for me. Yeah, okay. Well said. Moving on. 6.5. 6.5. <laughs> I mean, so 6.5. We've talked about, I've talked about Odegaard. I think he is a steal for 6.5. I think he should, I think he, this is a guy who should be in the eight million category. Um, then there's one other name to me in 6.5 that stands out, and that's Rashford. I think he's super undervalued. Obviously, he had a poor season last year. I think he's around, he's, I think he's going to surprise us this year a little bit. Um, I definitely think he's starting for now. Um, so I definitely think Rashford can can give you good uh, a good return for on on his price tag. Yeah, that's valid. I, I I think Rashford obviously. I think most people saw that price point and were a bit taken aback by it because obviously Rashford has been someone in the past who was he has been a tremendous player. He's had he's he he was priced at nine point five the last two seasons. So it is a little shocking to see him so low. Uh, I mean, he obviously struggled with a lot of uh, health and fitness last year. So if he gets back into minutes, if United are doing well, definitely the best option at that price point, if you ask me. Um, Sinistera, another guy to mention. 
Obviously, he's going to re- replace Rafinha, and Leeds fans seem to be pretty high on him. I'd have to see if he's Rafinha or if he's just not. So not someone I would trust going into the season. I am not nearly as high on Odegaard as you are. I, I do think he's a good player. I, like I grew up watching him like as a Real Madrid fan as well. So I, I definitely have some affection towards him. I like him. I think he's I think he's a better player than he is an FBL player. I don't think he's as direct. I think he does a lot of great passing, a lot of great build-up. I just don't think if he has the goal-scoring instinct necessarily or necessarily will even be getting the assists to the degree where I would have, have him as an FBL player. Definitely not in an eight million price point, but six and a half, it could be okay. But I think I would look at I, I prefer Saka personally, uh, or Gabriel Jesus too. Uh, Saint Maximin, another player who has been interesting in the past. Uh, not interesting to me personally. Ward Prowse is just, I mean, how many depends how many free kicks Southampton get this year. <laughs> could be good, could be, could be pretty useless. So, yeah, that's my that's my take on it. Okay, that's fair. I say we move into the six. And to the six million, there's a lot, a lot of six million midfielders. Um, a lot I of think boring you have, ones. <laughs> yeah, a lot of boring ones, that's for sure. I mean, quickly, I mean, the standout ones for me, I mean, you've said it, Martinelli. Yeah, okay, just Martinelli. No, that's a lie. I would, I mean... Definitely quite popular at 17%. We have Bruno Guimaraes at Newcastle. And a very interesting one, in my opinion, is Jesse Lingard, 6 million at Nottingham. I agree. That was a really good signing. I, I like the Lingard signing. I think he could be interesting. He's obviously still playing with a lot of promoted players. So I want to see how he gets on there. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes, I think the sample size with this guy is just very small. Obviously, it was great last year, but I don't trust that small sample size. And then when we talk about um, Martinelli, I, th- I think that is the standout for me. If Martinelli can assert himself in that team, I think he would be the, the e- easiest pick at that $6 million price point. Yeah. All right, then I guess okay. we can move on. Or unless you have something else to add? No, I think that's good. I think uh, in the 5.5, there seems to be one quite sort of obvious choice, and that's Neto. Yes, he's super popular this year. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, to be fair, there aren't that many other great options in that category. No one that I'd, I'm considering to be viable. Yeah, I would agree with you. I say we say Neto and we move on. <laughs> That's pretty much the only player who interests me at this price point. It's a lot of a lot of defensive midfielders and a lot of players who are rotational players. Neto is pretty much, if you ask me, nailed to start. And Wolves, I expect to have a better season this year. So I think he's the standout there. Yeah. All right. Well, then in the five million category, I think it's a lot of the same. Yes, there uh, is one player I want to talk about real quick. And I know is, who it is. Go ahead. You know who it is. It is. It is Leon Bailey, and yeah, obviously he had a really strong season in the Bundesliga before he transferred to Aston Villa last year, and then he was very disappointing last season. But in the preseason, he started every single game. He's gotten some praise from the manager. He's been playing really well. So. At five million, if if you expect him to start over someone like Bendia, if you expect him to start alongside Coutinho, then I think I think B Bailey could be a very good option. So I again it's not guaranteed he will start, but at five million, I think that's a risk I would take. Okay. I've just I'm gonna make you feel a little better, I think. Um 
after the preseason game, Aston Villa versus United, he came on, he played the second half. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously he scored an incredible goal, almost scored a second. He was super, I mean, he played an incredible 45 minutes. A lot of praise from Jared. And Jared did say uh, in the post-match interview that, of course, he's, he's there for the headaches of having to pick a strong starting 11 on, on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. But he did say after that that if I had to, if, to, if tomorrow was the real thing, Bailey would be in my starting 11. There you go. Steven Gerrard's words himself. So I think for the time being, you know, he is 5.7% owned. I think he is going to be an incredible differential, especially in the first few weeks. So for me at 5 million, I think he's a steal. I think it's worth the gamble, worth the risk. I think it's a gamble that's going to pay off. So I really, really find this an attractive player this season. All right, look at us agreeing on something. That's yeah. great. And then I guess that leaves the four and a half. One guy we kind of talked about in the last episode is Andreas Pereira, who I, I think we both expect will start in the film side. Anyone else interests you here? Nope. Uh, like you said, Andreas Pereira, uh, 4.5. He's going to be sort of that number 10 at Fulham. So he will probably get a couple, you know, goals or assists when they do get goals. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a budget, then I think he's the one to go to. All right. That leaves us with the forwards. And the first two, I'm sure everyone's heard a lot about them, but we'll talk about them a little bit more. And that's uh, Holland and Kane, the most expensive forwards this year. You have a preference at this point. Harry Kane. Yeah. Yep. All right. I think uh, <laughs> I think that. he's he's on penalties. That's the big. I think that's the big one. I think also as I think obviously, and rightly so. I think everyone's obviously hyped. Holland has a lot of cloud around him, so people are on the bat. You know, hopping on the bandwagon. I'll I'll admit I did it too when I made my first draft, but um, after. Thoughtful consideration. Uh, I'm leaning towards Harry Kane. I think Holland is also. I think there's risk for rotation with Holland, um, and people just aren't seeing that. And I guess I understand why, but they did just sign Julian Alvarez. You know, people are you know, Pep is Pep, so there's always, especially with new signings, he's always very slow into by uh, when introducing them into this team so obviously Holland will start they didn't just buy him to sit on the bench but um given the fact that city have the team they have they're going to be up two three goals almost every game in the second half i do see holland coming off a lot from julian alvarez um whereas harry kane is nailed and on penalties so i think also holland is an impeccable finisher but that's all he like. That's what he that's what he brings to the table right now. Whereas Kane is also a playmaker, that's so true. he's gonna get a lot more assists than Holland. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm personally leaning towards Harry Kane. Fair. Those are those are some really solid points, and I can definitely agree on a lot of what you just had to say. I would say um, they both are probably gonna be valuable, very valuable. And I think it's going to be a tough decision for everybody. 
I think, again, like I said earlier, I, I do get a little nervous because I know Kane has had some slow starts this season. And similar to your point for Julian Alvarez, I would say Richarlison is someone who might give Kane some rest here and there. And I, um, I definitely wouldn't be so sure that Kane will play the minutes he necessarily did last year if they are in heavy leads, similarly to how City might be. That's um, a very fair point to make. But like I said, for me, one of the biggest things as well is just the penalties. Yeah, you can't argue with that. I, I, I would be way curious to see who gets penalties for City this year. It's still pretty much up in the air. It could be anyone, really. So it's interesting and definitely development to keep eyes on. Holland is just such an exciting player. I could never blame anyone who wants to have him to start the season. Like, if he does get up and kick the ground, hit the ground running, he could be scoring two or three goals a game. It's, and especially that second game, you look at Bournemouth at home. Oh, it's going to be hard not to have him and to watch others captain him that week. So <laughs> definitely someone to... Uh, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so much to be said about these two players. I, I don't think we could even cover it if we tried. So I say we just move on to the next category here. And then I guess we look into the eight and a half and eight million, nine million players. How about how about that price point? What do you think about that? I can't believe you just skipped over Ronaldo. But oh. that being said... Okay, we can talk about Ronaldo. <laughs> no, no, 10.5, don't get him. Don't even, yeah. don't even bother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just don't know if he's going to play this year. Yeah, I mean, he still could leave, right? If he got um, some development, then, I mean, yeah, he's still not worth it, to be honest. There's better options, but someone's only those United players are so cheap this year. So if you believe in United, I say you think about Rashford or Sancho or someone before you think yeah. about Ronaldo. 100%. And I, 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 I do feel like I was a little disrespectful because I also did skip over Jamie Vardy at the 9.5 million price point. He's 35 years old. He's 35 years old. I think Vardy Vardy is way overpriced. But we say this every single year. We've been saying this for the last five years that he's getting old. No, no, but 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 last year he really he's been he really played less minutes than last season compared to the previous seasons. Like it's definitely now Vardy is coming to his end. Yeah, I agree with you. Like for 9.5, definitely not worth it. Yeah, I can agree with that. And I guess that then now we can safely move on to the nine, eight and a half, and eight. And uh, yeah. the first guys to look at are the two Liverpool guys, Jota and Darwin, and they're pretty much competing with each other. So I think in a way they cancel each other out. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, to start the season, if Jota is out, I think Darwin definitely could be a good player. I think Darwin has a lot of potential and could be a fantastic player for Liverpool, but I also think Jota's great. Firmino still get, will get some minutes here and there. So uh, for me, yeah. they cancel each other out. Um, then you look at Richarlison at eight and a half. I just think that's an easy no. Like the, there's no guarantee he will start and you're not spending eight and a half on a potential bench guy and likely bench guy. So no, definitely, definitely not. That brings us that. to the eight millions. This is definitely an interesting more to one. About here. Yeah. Uh, Let's be real. There's only two really, two real options here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a long list, but for me, Jesus is a must-have. Okay, a must-have. Jesus is a must-have. I think, bro, he's a natural goal scorer. He's he was one of those players in City, who if he was a consistent, like if he was nailed to start, he would be at a 10, 10 million, 10.5 million striker. But because he wasn't. And when the prices were out, he was still at City. 
bro, 8 million, a starter at Arsenal. Like, I think this is the, the first, he was one of the first players in my team. Honestly, I hate I really, to say it, but I fully agree I with really, you. I really back Jesus. You make so many good points, and I hate to say it, not because of any other reason, but because I already had a draft I was very confident in, and Jesus wasn't in it. And the more I think about it, the more I, I've been I've been trying to push the thoughts away every single night. But I know I need to find a way to squeeze him into my team, so I don't Holy need a whole crap. makeover. He's 62.9% owned right now. Yeah, and it's only going up because he won't stop fucking scoring in all these preseason games. <laughs> Jesus is definitely the most undeniable player at this moment. It's really hard to say no to him. And, I, I, uh, think, I, I think arguably, yeah, Holland dropped to 58% ownership. But um, I think arguably, Jesus is the bargain of the year. Yeah. There, there's something about the eight million price point this year. It just happens to be where all the good players are. <laughs> so yeah, there's, you there's get a lot 10 of different eight good... million players. That would be a great team. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good value on the eight millions this year. That's yeah. for sure. And I guess the other guy, I mean, there's two more, three more players at this price point, I think, who deserve recognition. Firmino, I think, is likely to be benched this year, so we can discount him. I wouldn't uh, this... even have considered him viable. Yeah, Calvert Lewin. Uh, I obviously had a bad year last year, but nah. the year before that, he was fantastic. Is there any part yeah, of you that still considers him? Not, not in this Everton side. Okay, I agree. I'm, I'm with you. We can move past that. And then that leaves us with the two Chelsea guys, which are Werner and Havertz. Havertz is likely to start every single game. Werner, we're still not sure about that because I imagine maybe Mount and Sterling will take the wings. So what do you think about Kai Havertz? I really like Kai Havertz. I think this is going to be Kai Havertz. I'm, I'm expecting a good season from him. I just, especially with the bad form that they're going through right now in preseason, um, I just think Jesus is a much, much better option than Havertz. But that being said, if I had the money, Havertz would have been my third striker. More eight minutes. Just, just fill up the team with the eights. I know, right? So... <laughs> I, th- I think Havertz brings... Okay. Havertz at 8 million is very good value. However, ha- I think Jesus is better value at 8 million. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. I think Havertz, for me, facilitates Mason Mount and Sterling more than he is an attractive pick to me because of Jesus. So we can move on from there. And uh, I think the rest of the forwards get a little bit boring. <laughs> I think the majority of people have these premium forwards either at the 8 million or at the 11 and a half. So let's just, I'm just going to throw in everyone else together. <laughs> Who interests you out of the rest of these forwards? There's only one name, to be honest, at 7 million. And that's Anthony Martial right now. Okay. Because, you know, given the whole Ronaldo drama, he's going to, he's starting. He's already, like, if Ten Hag is a good coach, which he is, Martial will start for now. So, and it really looks like Ronaldo might actually leave. So, I think Martial has also been in great form in preseason. Can actually bring a lot of good value to managers. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree with you. I think Martial has been a good preseason form. If Ronaldo leaves, he will probably start. And it is quite bizarre, considering he played 200 minutes last year. And it, it's going to be weird to see him back in the United team. But if he is, then, yeah, 7 million, he could, he could become a very interesting option. I think the safest option at that price point would be Ivan Toney. I think it's 7 million. He will start every game at Brentford. He will be on penalties. But even then, it's not very exciting to me. I, don't, I think lacking the creativity of Ericsson, I struggle to see how he would be interesting. Um, Antonio, another guy who is consistently very good in FBL. But, um, I mean, West Ham has so many options these days. I just, I just don't know if he has a role he used to have. So I think that pretty much sums it up for me for the rest of the forwards. I don't think anyone interests me too much. I think Mitrovic... Obviously, six and a half. You look at his goal-scoring stats from last year, you think that's ridiculous. But then you think about every time he's been in the Premier League, he hasn't done much. So, I don't know. I think I don't think there's anyone else who's very interesting to me. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I definitely think that this year, the forwards, there's not going to be a lot of variety. I think there's going to be, obviously, the budget, which everyone seems to be going for Greenwood from Leeds. But um, you have... You know, the one eight mil and the one eleven point five mil. Um, and I think that's how it's gonna be for probably most people. Um yeah. so yeah, I mean, choose wisely, I guess. Yeah, uh, follow your gut. I don't know what to tell you. I think it's I mean, there's a lot of reasons to pick on every person. So you know, just think you know, just trust yourself. Yeah, I mean. If, if, say, for example, you're super into Wolves this season and you think Jimenez would be good, 7 million, like, I mean, I'm not telling you it's a bad pick. You, you go with your gut. <laughs> uh, just me personally, I look at Jimenez, I, he, great player. I look at Antonio, great player. I think, oh, let me squeeze in another 0.51 million. I can get Gabriel Jesus. Like, that's just how I think about it. So, I uh, know, 100%. To each their own, though. For yeah, I think sure, that pretty sure. much wraps it up. Then we talked about almost the entire entirety of FPL, all the options that we like at least. So, anything else you want to mention before we leave it off here? No, I mean we've obviously gone through a lot today. Um, so obviously, just keep looking at transfers. You know, there's still a lot of things that are going to keep changing. Um, but yeah, you know, next week we'll come back. Uh, right before game week one uh, and we'll talk to you a little bit more about who we think is going to you know, bring us value in the short term and long term talk about our teams and we'll tell you what we think is the way to go for game week one yeah absolutely make sure you don't miss that next episode because I think that one will be a great one we look into the fixtures we look into the different players the different team building strategies on top of everything else I already mentioned so I think it'll be a fantastic episode. Definitely one you guys don't want to miss. Yep. See you guys. All right. Bye-bye.